According to Conversation.com, women hold 16.3% of directorships across international sport governing bodies, despite a slight increase of 4.2% in 2012. Women still remain remarkably unrepresented. Aggie Dent is attempting to change just that. She's a senior at New York University studying sports management with a concentration in organizational management. She's also minoring in studio art as well. So she joined me this week because she had some remarkable experiences at her young age in the sports industry as a female executive and she also provides her thoughts on how she wants her sports and art career to be interconnected. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. I began my conversation with Dent by asking her to chronicle her experiences as a young female executive in the sports industry. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, of course. Um, there's been a lot of good, lots of good. Being a woman in the sports industry is hard, but I've had lots of amazing opportunities so far. I think... Um, some of the bad, but I guess it's not necessarily bad, just something that kind of bothers me about being a woman in the sports industry is constantly having to prove yourself. Um, I study sports management at NYU, and the first week of classes, I was asked to prove my knowledge of my sports teams at least five times within the first week. Um, I said, hi, my name's Aggie Dent. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. And they say, oh, I bet you can't name 10 Alabama football players. And I was like, oh, you only want 10? And then I just started listing all of them. <laughs> and the same thing happened when I was, I was talking about the Knicks and how much I love the New York Knicks, despite their um, unfortunate situation. But um, I listed all my Knicks players, and then they were shocked. They didn't think that I could name any of these players. So I think the hardest part about being a woman in this space is just having to constantly prove that yes, I know what I'm talking about. And I think I'm pretty good at it sometimes, especially when it's about Alabama football. But that's definitely maybe the everything in between and the bad that you were talking about earlier. Um, just constantly having to be on top of your toes because I don't think men get asked that near as often, like trying to prove their knowledge of naming the top 10 Patriots players, you know? So um, yeah, I think that's probably the bad, maybe the everything in between. <laughs> And tell me, what would be your pieces of advice to any young uh, female entrepreneur or, or someone who may want to enter this field 
of a sports management as a female. What would be, be your advice on how to uh, succeed in the industry? Yeah, I think um, my advice would be don't let anybody tell you you can't. And you got to know what you're talking about. Because like I said, women are more questioned than men in this industry. And if you don't know what you're talking about, they're going to call you out. Even if you do know what you're talking about, they'll probably call you out anyway. <laughs> so you got to know what you're talking about. And you can do it. Like, I mean, I've done it. I'm 21. And I feel like I've done a lot of things that people probably didn't think women could do in the sports industry. And I think it's going pretty well. So I would just say, don't let people tell you you can't do things. And tell me, I know you've worked for some of the biggest brands in the industry during your young life. So tell me about the brands you've worked for and the experiences that you've gained that'll help you advance further in, in the field. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I've had the most amazing internships in my last four years at NYU. Um, I was able to work with a lot of really strong women at these companies that I was interning with. I interned at FC Bayern for a little while. Um, I interned with Formula E, which is like Formula One, but the cars are electric. I have to say that every time. Um, and there are lots of really strong women at these companies that I was able to look up to. And like, despite just loving meeting new people in general and learning effective communication skills and how to run social media accounts and things like that, um, I was able to work with women that I knew I wanted to be like when I grow up, when I grow up, I guess, I don't know, in 10 years maybe. Um, and it was incredible to just be able to work with them on a daily basis on different kinds of projects. There were also men in lots of these spaces as well, and I learned from them, but having these women to look up to within the sports industry made me realize that I can do that one day. Even though I am 21 and I'm doing a lot of things as a woman in the sports industry, I want to do what they're doing, and there's always room to grow for women in the sports industry in general. Um, but I think I've had the best time working with FC Bayern and Formula E, I'm doing some research with the Sydney Sixers, and then I've also been able to start my own podcast, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And then um, my friends and I at NYU, we started a nonprofit called Passion FC. And um, that's been a whole journey in itself. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot, but it's been great in my short time in the sports industry so far. And I know that you also have a passion for art and you want your to uh, loves of both sport and uh, art, you know, overlap. So can you tell me a, a little bit about uh, your experiences there and uh, your, your, your best hope for the future when it comes to both art and sports? Yeah. Um, so at NYU, I'm minoring in studio art. So I do lots of painting and drawing and metal smithing, lots of fun classes. And um, I started drawing several years ago, probably when I was in middle school. And I just realized during my time at NYU that I could actually do something with that, not just have it be a hobby. So I started doing art for a couple different sports teams based in New York. I think most recently um, I did some illustrations for New Amsterdam FC, which is a soccer team competing in NISA based in New York City. And I think just in general, like with sports and art, there's so much art that goes on in sport that we don't think about. Like the skill, the technique, the passes, all of that is an art in itself. And then creating physical art pieces like paintings and drawings and other forms of visual art around this art that's happening on the field is something that people don't talk about enough. So that's kind of how I see sports and art overlapping. And I just like to 
talk about it. I like to think about it and also make those physical art pieces through drawings and things for other teams that I work with. And I know that it's important to you to also promote uh, different opportunities for women from both the societal uh, and sports perspective. So what what have you learned since being in school about the growth of the sports industry for women and sort of the opportunities that may be available to them? Yeah, I think just within the last week, we've seen a lot of history being made by women in the sports industry. And just when I was a kid, I loved motorsports. That was my favorite thing. Um, I went to the track to see IndyCar and whatever other kinds of races were happening down the street for me, motorcycle races and things. And there was probably two, two girl race car drivers that I loved to watch growing up. And now there's a whole league called the W Series, which is based around women in motorsports that are racing each other. So I think that in itself says that there's a lot of growth within women in the sports space. And then we've seen other things just like Sarah Foley yesterday kicking for Vanderbilt. That was crazy. That was so amazing. Um, so I've, every day things are happening that are helping women get more exposure and have more higher level positions um, within sports. Even like what's happened in MLB recently, there are a lot of hirings. You know, the Yankees have a hitting coach who's a female. And um, it's just there's a lot of improvement, especially within the last few months. Um, within women in sports. And it's been super exciting to watch. It's really motivational, inspirational to me too. And tell me about your own athletic journey. I know that before uh, your injury, uh, you, you were active in sport, sports. So I'm wondering if you can uh, relay that experience for me and uh, the experiences you've learned, how they helped you uh, translate it as a young uh, sports industry uh, professional sure yeah so when i was a little girl i played all the sports you name it i probably played it for at least one season um i did soccer cheerleading swimming basketball softball uh, a little bit of everything and i always quit because my feet hurt and i didn't know why my feet hurt um so i went to all kinds of doctors all over the united states trying to figure out why my feet hurt like i would go to um, soccer practice and leave and say, oh, mommy, my feet hurt. Like, why do they hurt? <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. So after years of traveling around the country, going to different um, orthopedics and other kinds of doctors for my feet, um, they didn't really know what was wrong. And so then I decided to pick up baton twirling. I was a majorette for a few years. And during one of my tryouts um, as a majorette, I permanently broke both of my feet. And um, I don't want to bore you with all the details of my broken feet, but um, after that injury, I knew that my competition and like competing was done within sports. Um, the injury wouldn't get better. I was in a cast in a wheelchair for six months, and I knew that my feet weren't going to bounce back to 100% after I had permanently injured them. Um, but I still wanted the competitive outlet. Like I loved sports. I loved competing. I wanted to win. So I kind of picked up a different kind of competition during that, I started doing more artsy things. I was singing. I joined a whole bunch of choirs. I was in acapella, um, competed with a show choir for a long time. Um, and then I picked up all these other art forms. I love that. And that was a great like competitive outlet. Uh, but I still miss the sports industry. 
and I wanted like that high intensity environment that sports brings. Um, so I decided to study sports, you know, if you can't play them, why not study them? So, um, yeah, that's how I ended up at NYU studying sports management. And, um, it's, it's been a while since my injury. I do still, I can still do things. I, I work out, I do sports for recreation, not so much for competition, but, um, yeah, it wasn't a fun time, but a lot of great things came out of it. All of the artsy things that I do, the musical side of things that I do, and now I'm studying sports. So I think it, it all worked out okay in the end. It all comes full circle in the end, right? right. I always say that uh, things in life happen for a reason, right? So uh, yep. it's all part of your life story for sure. You're right. And I'm curious to know, uh, uh, what are some of your uh, sport and art inspir inspirations for you personally? Yeah, um, I think there are a lot of, this sounds kind of silly, but now there are lots of Instagram pages that are about like, oh, this photographer works for this team. And they always post about these teams and these beautiful action shots and things. Um, there's also lots of painters out there that focus on specific teams. Like the name is slipping my mind, but there is one painter who is known for painting Alabama football players. And I grew up looking at his, his paintings and his work all the time. I think my dad might have one of his paintings in the house. So that was always fun to see. And I think now just because everybody can create a platform for themselves with social media. So there's all kinds of sports and art, even like for my podcast, I have a wonderful graphic designer and she's creating art for me now with, uh, with the athletes and different people that I'm interviewing. So. I think it's just really cool to see how everybody has their own art forms and whether that's around a certain team, like the painter that I love that paints Alabama football players, or even just, I took a British art class and I was learning about British painters from the 1800s, which was incredible to learn about too. Um, so I think it's just seeing the evolution of art and how all of that has evolved into what we have now, like digitally or like a normal painting like for the Alabama players that I was referring to. Okay, and now let's talk about uh, your podcast, Adventures with Aggie. I know that you interview sports executives and athletes, so I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit about your podcast and what you're hoping to get out of the platform. Yeah, um, so I started my podcast in April of 2020. So it was kind of the middle of the pandemic in the US. And I was looking for a way to stay connected with the sports industry, but also find some way for my classmates to maintain the networking that was going on like within the school year and have like meaningful conversations. There are plenty of ways out there to network with people. You can meet people online, but actually having a meaningful conversation that will last um, is a little bit harder to find. So I started by doing a live interview series. I had a couple guests, um, MLB player, NFL player, um, some Canadian soccer players, and that was wonderful, but it was live. So people around the world, they weren't able to come depending on the time. So I was like, oh, I'll just record it and make a podcast out of it. My favorite podcast was ESPN FC. So I listened to them quite a bit before and I was like, okay, I can do this. So I essentially just took these live interviews that I was hosting, started recording them, and I invited my classmates and other college students around the US um, and other parts of the world to come and talk and ask their questions. So 
I have like my prepared set of questions that I go through for my interview. And then at the end, I open it up to Q&A so that other college students and young people can participate in the conversation and hopefully make that meaningful connection and then connect offline and who knows where it leads. Some people got internships out of these conversations. Some people got jobs or research positions. Um, but yeah, it's all about like the meaningful conversation and like I have a great time doing it. I love speaking to people. Um, it's been amazing starting with my friends and people that I know within the sports industry and then moving to more connections. And now it's cold messages. So I'll message people and say, hey, like I have this podcast. You want to come speak to me? And they do. And it's amazing. Um, but it's been really cool to kind of create this Adventures with Aggie community. So now like the college students that come to my recording sessions, they know each other, which is really cool. That's a different form of networking and friend making going on. And now they all know the same people within the sports industry as well when they participate in the Q&A. So it's about the community, but also it's a super fun conversation and interview style uh, podcast. Absolutely. And we connected through uh, cold messaging as well. So it, yeah. it does work. <laughs> Absolutely. It does. I'm a huge advocate for cold messaging. It works, guys. <laughs> So I know that you're currently involved in a number of different research initiatives and sort of working to uh, advance the marketing of some other uh, initiatives that you're passionate about. So can you tell me about uh, what's keeping you busy on campus these days, on and off campus, and what's uh, keeping you interested? Yeah, I've got quite a lot going on. I think this remote study situation that NYU is doing is helping me a lot because I can be involved in a lot of things and I'm just sitting in my house doing it all. So um, I, a couple of things I'll tell you about. I'm working with Flint United. Um, Flint United is a new basketball team in Flint, Michigan that competes in the basketball league. Um, we're brand new. The team was launched a few months ago. Uh, I'm doing research and engagement for them. So working on social media strategies and also some analytics, like collecting numbers after we have certain posts that go out, like, oh, how did that perform and comparing it to other posts of ours and then other posts of other teams within the league. Um, it's been really exciting. We're having a bunch of combines and tryouts, trying to recruit players, um, which has been super fun. I've never built a team from the ground up. So this has been really cool. Uh, to participate in. We have training camp for our um, our new team um, in January. And then our first game is in March of 2021. So I'm super excited. Maybe I'll be out in Flint um, in a few months, but we'll see what happens with that. So Flint United's awesome. Um, check us out online. And then um, I'm the Chief Partnerships and Strategy Officer for Passion FC. Um, Passion FC is a nonprofit that me and my classmates started at NYU, and we are using soccer to address social issues. So my role, doing partnerships for them, um, I reach out to different clubs or different nonprofits or organizations that we see on social media, and we try to plan some kind of campaign. So the latest campaign that um, I was directing was in partnership with two other communities. Uh, one is called Green Guards. They make shin guards for soccer players out of recycled materials. And then the other one was Kind FC, um, who's doing something similar to what Passion FC is doing, but it's about being kind to the world, kind to the environment, kind to players and other people. Um, 
and we partnered with One Tree Planted. So for every like on our social media, we were planting trees in California and Syria, which was really exciting. Um, that was awesome. And I think partnerships is something that I really enjoy. So having Passion FC, which is a great environment, super fun community with my classmates um, to partner around issues that I'm passionate about, like sustainability and planting trees. That's something that I love to do. And then also getting to work with other clubs around the world has been really exciting. Um, so yeah, I think Flint United, Passion FC, that's keeping me pretty busy right now. It sounds like it for sure. And I'm also curious to get your thoughts on the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement and how athletes are uh, so, sort of gravitating to more social justice and political um, issues and um, causes like they never have before. What's your uh, perspective as a young uh, professional uh, and a young woman coming up in the industry as well? Yeah, I think we've seen all kinds of activations and promotions as well as political stances taken by athletes. I think the NBA and the WNBA are probably some of the most progressive leagues that we have in the U.S. when it comes to social issues and activism. And I think they've done a great job. Um, when people say, oh, I want the politics to be separate from sport, I don't necessarily agree with that because athletes are people too, and they have their own opinions. So they are allowed to give their opinions on these issues, especially when they have a platform like they do. They have followers, they have people who will listen to them. And if they think their stance is right, they have the right to use it and say it and put it out there. Um, but I think the NBA and the WNBA are probably the most progressive and well-executed leagues when it comes to social justice and activism, specifically around Black Lives Matter. And my final question for you is, uh, how can people uh, get in touch with you if they want to? And what's your greatest hope for the future of the sports industry when it comes to the inclusion of uh, female uh, professionals? Yeah, I think um, I'll start with greatest hope. <laughs> my greatest hope for myself is to have a positive impact on the sports industry. Um, to keep inspiring young girls that they can do anything they want to do. I know I looked up to a lot of really strong women when I was a young girl, and that helped me a lot. So I hope that I can be that person for young girls one day and to have fun. Like if you're not having fun while you're doing whatever your job is, whatever your role is in life, then you're not doing it the right way. So um, I think positive impact, having fun and inspiring people is the goal for myself. And I think it should be for other people as well. Um, looking to have some kind of impact and leaving a legacy on whatever industry you're in. Um, and then, yeah, I think having fun is just always the answer in the end. I love having fun. I'm having fun with all of my different endeavors that I'm working on. So I highly suggest everybody else have fun. I'm sure you're having fun with all of your interviews too, Kevin. Um, <laughs> yeah, variety is always the spice of life, isn't it? Yes, definitely, definitely. And just finally, how can people uh, get in, in uh, contact with you if they want want to do that? Yeah, um, they can go to my website. My website is www.adventureswithaggie.com um, or follow me on Instagram. It's at Adventures with Aggie. But yeah. 
Fantastic. I know that you followed me this morning, so thank you for that. <laughs> of course, of course. And I, I gave you a follow um, back. Uh, absolutely. Love that. <laughs> we got to uh, stick together as podcasters, right? Yes, of course. Absolutely. I, I want to thank you for uh, taking a few minutes to give me a, a most revealing and consequential conversation about women in sports, their involvement in the industry, and your personal journey as well. Really enjoyed our conversation, and I want to thank you uh, for being here this afternoon. It's most appreciated. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me on, Kevin. This was great. I'm happy to share my experiences. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Absolutely. And I would be remiss if I didn't end the interview by saying, roll tide, huh? <laughs> Got that right. Roll tide. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, have a great day and thanks for your time, okay? Thank you. You too. Fantastic. Hey, we're done. That was